When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please... Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth is the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt is Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante is Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee, so get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! On the third day at sea, Duncan, you are fucking done with fish. Um, <laughs> days, that's it? Damn. As a, as a man who uh, is quite good at, at um, making do with, with what is directly in front of him, um, you've never had to, uh, deal with it with other people in the way that you are now. And that's not, it was a bullet you dodged earlier because Gwendolyn didn't have a mouth. 
but Ita definitely does. And so you yourself could, uh, you know, survive on, on these fish are honestly much worse rations as I think, I suspect you probably when you were doing your like kind of run up to uh, being a, a dawnbreaker, you likely did that thing that like, I don't know, some military folks do with a like, I'm just going to survive off rations for a bit to see what that's like. So that if I ever have to, I know I can. So like fish, fine, no worries. Um, Ida has been getting more and more particular about the nature of the fish and which fish to eat. Um, and as a result, uh, Duncan, the fish themselves are less the issue than the uh, debate around the fish, which is truly beginning uh, to, to wear a bit thin. Ida, um, what is uh, what do you think Ida having to eat the same meal over and over and over again after it's caught freshly each time uh, would would look like? What What is frustrating um, to her about this? What is frustrating? I'll, I'll say this in Ida's voice. Uh, to to be clear, what is frustrating to me is that clearly there are some fish that are have more protein, more are more calorically dense as you were. They give us more energy. So it takes energy to eat food. We consume the energy. Would it not be most efficient to find the most the food, you know, the fish that is the best to eat, not consume our energy catching it? I I mean, I don't understand why why we keep wasting our time with these fish that are just like ah, it's like nothing, and it takes so much effort. And all right, why don't you turn into the crocodile and summon four sharks, and you can do it? Oh, I do not have that capability. The rain has gotten heavier um, over the past uh, couple of days. The skies have, have darkened, and uh, it is now a proper downpour. Uh, part of the reason everyone is in such ill spirits is uh, you're now at that point of perma drenched, um, <laughs> which for everyone but Maka is a real pain in the ass. Um, it is uh, the skies are dark. Um, the waves are now like rolling. Um, <gasps> Sorry, so I just have to interject. I love that it's like it doesn't affect Gwendolyn negatively, but she's just like so pet. Like she's used to it being a bad thing, so it's like ugh, wet. Hundred <laughs> percent. I also feel like there have been a couple of like full physical bits of like Gwendolyn tries to sit on the bench and slips and just like bangs <laughs> off a bunch of things and like puts her hand on the railing. The railing slips, and it's just a lot of like when you don't have. Uh, the ability to grip anything because you're just your your body is metal like there would just be a bunch of minor inconveniences mm -hmm. like that um but yes i also fully believe it's partially just like i've been told ho-hum it's a gloomy gray rainy day and that is inherently bad yeah um, also, you only weigh 40 pounds so you don't have a whole lot of mass to hold you down on a slick surface also like true. You're, yeah. you're the little dog only your human height with two legs <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just imagine, yeah, imagine you like teetering around for the first few days as things get worse and then eventually I think probably resigning yourself to just kind of like, I imagine like getting in a little cluster, like right at the front of the boat and just kind of tucking into that corner and probably like crossing your arms and. Do, Gwen, oh, yeah. would, you, would you be at risk of falling out? Yeah. Not I think I, I would have to just kind of like brace myself. It's like basically between the direction of wind and like the side of the boat. So I think maybe you just like tire down. Yeah, I was like, gonna say Duncan has lash. has tied you to his own I'm, waist. So it's I have to tell you torso. what I'm what I'm picturing in my head is when it would it, we'd have like an ice storm when we lived in like a condo and like the um so basically the ground would be slick and we'd have to take Freddie out right to do his business and we were having like 90 kilometer an hour winds and Freddie was just like oh no I was just like sliding along like oh shit like that's basically quite. <laughs> 
Yeah, so okay. Gwendolyn, you're on a leash to Duncan now. It's tied around your torso like Freddy's harness, uh, and it's tied to yeah. Duncan's waist. But it means because there is a sail and he's constantly going around the boat to check on things, you constantly have to trail behind Duncan so you don't get tied up around the sail. Yeah. Um, this has uh, added to the general consternation of the boat um, because Ida has been constantly pointing out uh, mathematically sound angles for this and how you know yeah. it's not an optimized way like if duncan cuts under like if the you know if he has to like get under the boom and gwendolyn is not on the right side and you're getting like tangled up i'm sure Ida is just offering theoretically very helpful um angles for next time yeah uh, but the last um, time Ita, i can't wear the armor the armor is the princess it's too weird for us to be inside each other I fully understand. I don't know why you keep harboring this point when I I, I understand this. I've told you before. I have never I never saying wear the armor. Maka, I want to be clear because I need this to be said aloud to someone. If she ever commits a crime, you cannot allow me to be the judge. It's not fair if I do it. She's not going to get out alive. Mm. Yes, I will see to it that you recuse yourself. Thank you, thank you. I gotta remember that. She's Ida is just like hands up, like totally, like she does not see the problem. Yeah. Um, Obviously. Uh, I do think though that uh, the the thing that's been driving Ida particularly nuts, in addition to the general inefficiencies, uh, as a glasses wearer myself, um, just having to constantly do the windshield wiper thing yes. is, I'm sure, and also for someone who's so precise, I'm sure it's like take it off, polish them, put them back on, minute later, take them off. So basically all of you are now stuck in like a weird cycle <laughs> of just hell as other people um, as mm -hmm. uh, the the weather uh, has has uh, truly turned and, and um, kind of raised uh, tempers. Um, Maka, I think being able to commune with uh, sort of the cluster and also seeing the cycle occur to some extent, is enough of a comfort to kind of help. It's one of those like bridge comforts that just kind of gets you up and over that that initial um, uh, sort of hit you took. Um, but also a lot of these annoyances are, are things that are, are so kind of far beneath you that uh, for you, it's it's more just kind of a going about your business as they continue to squabble. Um, Either like beneath me or completely over my head, like yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Sorry, not, yeah. not like you're like actively like no, you're not like a you know Buddhist monk being like no, I choose not to engage. It's more so just like this could be them like confessing love to each other or this, and it would both just kind of be like mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing your thing, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, yeah, it's just beyond what you understand. So you're just kind of continuing to help where you can, and and I think. Um, uh, looking inward. Uh, can you roll me a, uh, let's go with an insight um, just to kind of figure out how successful you've been at communing with uh, the memories of the root folk uh, within your, your psyche. <sighs> That's another natural one, sir. Oh boy. <laughs> we're going to do one per episode going forward here on Curse Code and Crown. <laughs> Two more and Jossie has just taken over the earth. Like yeah. it's, you're going to force a plot twist on Tom. And you get a free sub. So, hey. um, all right. Uh, so I think, um, Maka, uh, despite the fact that you, the, the root folk sort of like, it's not really a hive mind, um, but the, the shared history and intelligence has been kind of working its way into your understanding and into your, into the cluster and into all that. Um, 
it's still so much information that I think anytime you try and tap it, it it's it's too much. Yeah. Um, well, so it, it was the memorarian, right, who held yes. it all, and it was like generations of memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, you can get glimpses, I think, but it's one of those situations where if you were to look at all of it, your brain would just break because it I, just can't possibly yeah. absorb. I think the cluster is like a spectrum, right? And the memorarian is like a focus. So it's like it's like a beam being fired into my brain from the memorarian, which mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. under better circumstances, I can I can weather that and I can gain these glimpses. But I think I'm too worn down and weary that it's it's like a uh, like a migraine sets in like immediately kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, like I'll get like nauseous. I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll just be too laborious to, to with like no, like yielding no new information kind of thing because it takes a minute to, to establish that connection. So I think, yeah, yeah it just becomes too, too taxing on Maka right now for that. Great. Yeah, I love that. I think there's also probably to some extent um, approaching that focused a beam with intent is in a lot of ways difficult too because it's like you can't just let it wash over you because you're kind of like i need some some insight and it's yeah yeah, okay so we'll say that's where you're at right now you've as they've been kind of having this fight about fish and who wears the armor and everything else you've just been kind of like i think it's starting i think it's i may not be uh i may be above it or below it or whatever like that but it is still noise i think and with the weather and all that stuff and the constant motion of the vessel i think it wouldn't be something that makes Maka irritable per se, but it is taking a toll on his ability to like concentrate and commune. Um, gotcha. Peace. Cool. I love that. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, as a consequence of this kind of uh, migraine situation, and uh, the one I'm going to give you disadvantage on your next wisdom check. I'll make a note of that. Of any sort. So if it's <clears> any a, kind of wisdom. Yeah. If it's okay. a skill that involves wisdom, uh, you'll have disadvantage on it just because, yeah, your, your brain, your, your noggin hurts. Um, cool. Uh, Duncan, um, realizing that you've come to yet another impasse with Ida, um, and uh, Gwendolyn, of course, being no help, um, it's time to make sure you're still uh, heading in the direction that you're, you hope you are. Uh, unfortunately, navigation's become a real bitch over the past little while, um, because you don't have stars. Uh, you have clouds (laughs) and rain. Um, but, um, before all this happened, um, you were able to, uh, between you and Ida, uh, who you had to begrudgingly admit actually was very helpful for this because like maps are kind of her shit. So being able to like talk in that um, those terms was at least common ground for, for the two of you um, and uh, Marcus knowledge. Uh, you've been able to kind of ascertain where we're going. So what I'd like from you, sir, is let's use those navigation tools you have. Um, I imagine uh, this is probably an investigation. Okay. Or a survival, I would say. Cool. Let's go with survival and let's see what happens. Uh, do you want me to add proficiency because I've got the right tools for this, or how do you want this to work? Yes, and I'll let tools? you re-roll. Um, I'll let you take advantage on this largely because I think Ida would be a tremendously huge asset in navigational stuff, even yeah. if it was just like rattling off like latitudes and longitudes off the top of your head. Like, I don't know, fucking somewhere over here. The fact that she'd be able to rattle those back to you in like a useful, it would be like having a computer. <laughs> it would be very helpful. Yeah, he's he's got the calculator that lets him cheat on the test. Uh, it's a yeah, dirty exactly. 20. <laughs> dirty 20, all right, fantastic. Um, so, uh, Duncan, you um, uh, have always been fascinated, uh, of course, by uh, by the history of Gren. Um, what, what you could glean of that from... Um, 
the sort of admittedly shitty archives of, of Orville, um, always more fascinated with its own brief history than the, the history of the, the world beyond. Um, that said, uh, you, uh, in the same way that like, I had this awesome little picture book of like the seven wonders of the world that I was really stuck clearly in my head. Um, you were always uh, fascinated by some of the landmarks um, uh, that, that uh, exist out in the world. And uh, one of those landmarks uh, that was so famous that even Orville had record of it um, was the, uh, uh, the Spiros Observatory, um, which was a, uh, a lighthouse structure um, sort of built on a, the, the very edge of um, what in uh, some texts is referred to as the central continent of Gren. Um, this is the continent that uh, Orville was tethered at the very easternmost, or sorry, the westernmost um, corner of, I'm um, sorry, you're, you've been heading west this whole time, not east. I'm losing my own geography here. Um, so for you, this is like, there was generally more information about that area because it was closer. Uh, if you'll recall when you left um, Orville, you all sailed west, uh, which brought you around uh, to the uh, the Bones Per Mountains and the like. So um on the very easternmost tip of this central continent um, was the, uh, the Spiros Observatory uh, in a, uh, an area known as uh, the Fertile Valley. Um, so given that uh, there is A, a lighthouse, and B, that it is the easternmost reach of this continent, and uh, that, you know, if you're on land, at least you've got options, whereas right now your options are like <laughs> fish or bust. Um, and uh, your your fresh water is running somewhat low, though, Maka, you may have something to help with that amount, Charlie, sure. Um, uh, this seems like a natural place uh, to, to look for. Also, it's a big enough landmark and also is a lighthouse that theoretically you should be able to see it even in a storm. Um, so you are headed roughly, uh, as you understand it, uh, towards the, uh, the, the Spiros Observatory. Um, but of course, uh, as uh, anyone who's been uh, on a, a literally dark and stormy night at sea will tell you, uh, it's real spooky and not great. Uh, and particularly when uh, you begin to see um, the uh, the flashes of lightning uh, amongst the dark clouds, which now hang much, much lower over uh, over all of you. Um, the uh, the wind has gotten uh, immensely uh, stronger. Um, the, the, the sort of gales of wind blowing across the water um, are beginning to howl, uh, and the the waves are getting larger. Um, this is a this is a bad scene, uh, but unfortunately, you can't go back. You must go forward, uh, and so I'm going to need some survival checks um, as uh, the four of you kind of work together to keep each other safe and uh, to keep yourselves uh, tethered to the boat. Survival is wisdom based, so here we go with the disadvantage. Mm. That's a nat twenty on my first roll. God damn it! Oh, buddy. Uh, 12 plus 8. So, dirty 20, actually, uh, which is nice. Cool. 16, Lucky. 1, 6 for Duncan. Yep. Lucky break for me. Uh, Gwendolyn gets 6, and Ida gets a nat 20. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Ida, I think um, you are... Uh, again, just understanding balance as a force of, of mathematical precision, you're, you're actually, like rather good at this. Um, yeah. I think this kind of speaks to your, your combat style as well, where it's just like, I don't think you would ever describe it, but you, you actually are very agile. It's not that you spend a lot of time working out. You just 
your brain understands where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so with your 20, I'll say you actually catch um, uh, Gwendolyn before she goes over. Um, Duncan, nice. obviously, because she's tethered to you, you would have been able to drag her back up. Just would have been a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, so I think you have one of those buddy cop moments where, uh, you know, you're, you're just getting to know, like, the rival who's now on your team. And uh, Gwendolyn almost goes over and you, you, like, turn to help and, and notice that Ida has has caught her. And you share kind of one of those, those moments of, uh, oh, you, you had my back and I didn't know it. Uh, do you, do you react to that? Do you, uh, call attention to it or you just kind of let that moment sneak away into the dark? Uh, I don't think he'd forget it, but I don't think he'd like make a moment out of it. We're still in a boat trying not to drown. So like goal one yeah. would be keep the princess in the friggin' boat, like tie her up a little tighter. That's <laughs> sure. great. And, and, if you had said anything, Ida would have been wondering why you were talking instead of concentrating. And sorry, so, to be clear, perfect. the survival check yeah. encompasses, uh, like a, a, a span of time. Uh, it's not like, Oh no! One wave. All right, roll for the next wave. It's like <laughs> this is sort of Some over sort of wave defense part of the game. I see. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Ida's uh, got yeah. her club out. Can't I think all, all he would get is that all he would give is a curt nod. He's had a lot of coworkers he doesn't like. Like it doesn't right. prevent him from yeah. working with people, but they're, they're not friends. I don't gotcha. like you, but God damn it, I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our friendship had one day left until retirement. Um, great. Uh, all right. So you all managed to um, to kind of uh, literally weather uh, weather the kind of the, the worst of it, and um, you are uh, you know you're you're certainly not out of the woods, but at least the the immediate like jostling. Now that you're kind of used to it, uh, you're you're able to function a bit more. Um, can I get some uh, perception checks from anyone who thinks they... So probably, Duncan, you've got your eyes on the horizon. Ida, I suspect you would actually be more concerned with the boat itself. And is it, would that be fair to say? Or would you also be trying to navigate? Um, I, Ida would have one eye on like where they were going. She could not. Okay, cool. So you can, you can roll. Um, Maka, I feel like you are probably in the here and now, not in the, the future tense. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I think our current situation demands a bit more focus. So yeah, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be um, mentally absent. Okay, great. So we'll say that you're you're kind of resecuring um, things that have come loose. Um, and mm -hmm. Gwendolyn, I feel like you would be of no use in this particular instance, just because absolutely correct. Yeah, you are you are a bag of rocks being <laughs> like shaken about. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, if I get uh, perception from both of you, please. That is a twelve uh, for the Dunk Master General. <laughs> Dirty 20 for Ida. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Jesus, Ryan. Ida, despite uh, the... Um, uh, oh, okay, yeah. This is how we'll play it. Um, you, uh, after the immediate danger is over, uh, your glasses are, of course, um, uh, speckled and flaked with, with water, uh, with drops of water. So um, you pull them off, uh, give them a quick rub. Um, I think you've gotten, in, like less and less careful about this um to the point now where it's like just your shirt whereas before i'm sure there was a cloth now the cloth is wet and like it's yeah. just a like fuck it we're doing what we can um and um as uh, as you put them back on uh there's another flash of lightning uh amidst the clouds um that almost like it, it causes that at that after image uh mm -hmm. sort of uh thing that, that's quite irksome um but uh you could have sworn that you saw something moving, uh, that the, uh, the the lightning bolt didn't seem to be following the trajectory that you would assume a lightning bolt would follow. Oh. Um, so, okay. So it was just like, not like, not like static? 
Um, you what? would ex- like, yeah, you would, uh, it was, it was like bolt lightning kind of jumping yeah. from cloud to cloud. Um, oh, okay. and I think for Ida, this would be a little bit like, um, if you blinked and a car was in the wrong lane and you blinked again, the car's back in the right lane. It's just like, it didn't go the way you thought it should go because mm-hmm. mathematically there's a place that like lightning is random. So you can't predict with any certainty where it would go, but yeah. there was something off about its movement, um, that sits ill with you. Uh, Duncan, you just see a flash of lightning. For the Dunk Master General. <laughs> Where is the lightning, Tom? Okay, rel- uh, in relative to us and the shore. Um, you can't see the shore yet. Uh, you're oh, just going see. in. No, you're just going. You can't in see a, the lighthouse. Di- no, oh, okay. um, you're just going in a general direction. You assume to be uh, a shore-like direction, uh, okay. uh, hoping that the lighthouse will be a like a nice, easy landmark. If anything, will be. Right. Um, so the the lightning is uh, it was kind of ahead of you. It's now kind of directly above you and behind you um, as mm. the the storm has worsened. Um, so far, um, you've you've only seen um, a little bit. Um, the the peal of thunder is still relatively new in your ears, but uh, it's definitely like it's lightning o'clock. Is the sense okay. you're getting? Um, I think I just I turn to Duncan and say. Uh, I believe we should be rather wary of the lightning. Uh, it is moving quite erratically, and I am not sure if something more nefarious is afoot. All right, is there any action we should be taking? Honestly, I do not have enough information. All right, then, straight on till morning. Do we have lanterns lit on our boat? That's a good question. You could. Uh, uh, Maka, I think overhearing this might say, uh, um, if there is fear of assailants out in the water, perhaps we should douse these lanterns and sail in the dark. Hmm? Uh, yes, I mean, they're doing very little in the way of help anyways. I think it is more for our comfort instead of actual function. Yes? Well... I mean, they're sort of helping me to see what I'm doing on the boat, but if it's going to come down to messing up with the boat or getting shot, then I would greatly prefer to not get shot. So he just, like, he'll close up his hooded lantern that he's been, like, using to see short steps right. and that kind of thing. And, uh, and uh, Princess, uh, I believe you should cover yourself so you do not reflect any of the lightning. And I think Gwendolyn 100%, like, she'll, she'll just do it. Like... All right, whatever you say, kind of thing. Maka, is there anything you can do to make this giant, white, shimmering, logoed sail a little bit less uh, blazing? Mm. And I'll have a quick look at my spells here. It's blue, right? Yeah. Sail? Yeah, bright, bright blue. Yeah, that's still a problem. <laughs> the logo is white, though. It's it's. Oh, okay. It looks like a shitty hotel. Like. Gotcha. <laughs> It's all inclusive, but do you want it to be? Um, I don't think so. I have passed without trace, but I don't think I can. <laughs> I can get, bestow that upon our ship. <laughs> I think that's more for creatures. <laughs> can all of a sudden have a fucking stealth boat? Yep, no pass without trace on boats. Yeah, so no. Maka <laughs> just shakes his head. Yeah. All, all right. right. Well, then uh, hopefully they like turtles if they see us. Um. And at that point, um, there's another uh, crack of thunder directly overhead. 
Uh, and Gwendolyn, I need a dexterity save from you to see just how quickly you covered yourself. <laughs> uh, 14. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as you, you moved quickly to do it, um, uh, a bolt uh, shoots directly down from overhead uh, and uh, drawn by your metallic body um, strikes you uh, you will take... Oh, come on, man. Mulium's not conductive, right? <laughs> sure. Um, ooh. Oh, stop rolling. <laughs> Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beavermount, Ontario is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, ben look! Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. Available now. So you're, you're going to take uh, 27 points of damage because I Yikes. rolled very well on this D8. Uh, so you take 27 points of damage um, and uh, your entire body lights up. Um, the armor begins to rattle and rumble um, as uh, sort of uh, small fires uh, begin to ignite around you. Um, and suddenly, uh, with a feeling of, of just like projectile vomiting, uh, the armor... Uh, explodes uh tossing bits into all the various corners of the boat now you're still in the armor uh as gwendolyn kind of the the uh the essence is still in it and you're able to start pulling yourself back together um but uh it's literally like someone like bold a strike um the energy of it has just dispersed you in a rather uncomfortable way um but uh you you begin to pull yourself uh together and standing in your place there is the after image of of you um, but rapidly, um, electric uh, sort of um, arcing sparks begin to shoot off of uh, this uh, creature that seems to be made of, of pure electricity, uh, and it uh, begins to stalk towards you. Uh, roll initiative. What Ooh. the what? Fourteen for Duncan. <laughs> Four for Gwendolyn and twelve for Ida. Sixteen for Maka. And I'm sorry, Laura, could you give me yours again? I was turning yeah. the page. Oh, no problem. Uh, four for Gwendolyn, 12 for Ida. Okay, great. Perfect. 
Let me go with that. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, Maka, you're up first. Um, as uh, you blink against the uh, the, the sort of um, horrible brightness uh, that has suddenly uh, emerged, um, it's a vaguely humanoid shape uh, of, of sort of um, arcing electricity. Um, and uh, if you you kind of, as, as your eyes adjust, um, you can make out uh, sort of dancing electrical features, uh, what, what could pass for teeth, um, and uh, seemingly um, a, a couple of sort of black pitted eyes that you suspect are actually just the absence of electricity rather than any anything visual. Um, and uh, it kind of um, begins to stalk back through the boat uh, towards all of you, leaving uh, small fires in its wake. What do you do? Um, I will step between it and my friends um, and cast Thunder Wave. Nice. All right. Um, And let me just, I'm going to, I think I'm going to pump up the jam. um, As they say in that song, uh, pump up the jam. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just pulling up the spell right now. I just want to cast at a higher level than first. (laughs) I got you. Yeah. Let's do that as a third level spell. Okay. Damn. Uh, So we'll spend that. Okay. A wave of thunder's energy sweeps out from you. Each creature in a 15-foot cube originating from you in front of you uh, must make a constitution saving throw. So this uh, um, lightning fellow needs to beat a 16 DC on a con save. Hmm. Um, All right. Uh, He fails. Okay. So instead of 2d8, since we did it two spells, spell levels higher, that's 4d8. Oh, never Ah! mind. Being made of electrical energy and lightning, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, thunder damage, uh, I don't think can affect it. Oh, come on. They're different. Because, uh, uh <laughs> what, what I'm mainly arguing for is that we are on a small vessel and the like damage is it off. Damage is nice, but I want to move this thing. Okay. Setting All right. Boat on you know what? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, cool. So I'll let you rule however you like on, on the damage portion, whether it's no effect, half, whatever. I, I, I mean, I it's weird it because like boat. lightning damage is different than thunder damage. I think. I think it's like force damage, right? Where? Uh, no, I'm looking at it right now, and it's thunder damage, which is strange. What? Maybe this is just a bit. This is roll twenty. Maybe I'll. Oh, it check is thunder on. damage. I see that as well. But I th- yeah, uh, I thought it was like a shockwave. But um, yeah, I think thunder right. is Should really be. ambiguous. Uh, <laughs> doing right. I don't know. Face. I'm just making faces <laughs> while it happens, man. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Thunder versus lightning. Five e. One sec. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, it would seem these are in fact two different types of damage. Oh, one makes <laughs> the other, but they're different. Uh, is thunder yeah. like sonic? Is, is thunder well, like sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, li- yeah, so lightning damage would be literally electrical, whereas thunder damage is like the sound that comes off a shockwave. So, I will 100% let this this go through. Okay, Rock on. 48. Oh, fuck yeah, dog. Um, <laughs> like that? We're getting That's, weird these episodes. Yeah. Um, I'm not adding anything to that, I don't think. No, it's just the it's just the roll. So that's uh six uh 19. Oh uh, thunder damage. Hey. That jam and, is uh, pumped. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And is pushed uh 10 feet away from me. Um, and that thunderous boom is audible for 300 feet. Which I hope, you know, 
Doesn't mean anything in this scenario. It's a thunderstorm. Um, a an unnaturally loud blast of thunder echoes across the water uh, as the um, uh, the lightning creature is completely like blasted apart um, off the back of the boat. Um, unfortunately, you can see it start to reform uh, as it as it kind of uh, flies through the air. Um, however, it hits the water. Uh, and suddenly there's a, a blast of electricity um, around uh, the boat as the uh, the lightning seems to infuse the water and crackle within it. Um, Ida, as, uh, as this happens, you cast your eyes upward uh, to the skies and can see more of these creatures moving amongst the clouds. Um, and sure enough, uh, you can see that they're... Uh, it's almost like watching... Um, uh, charged up like roots or power cables. You can see them arcing uh, like the roots of a tree towards the central point, uh, right. the central point of your boat. Um, with this, uh, with the initial creature having been blasted off, you actually have a moment to prepare now. Um, how do you prepare against the uh, the incoming second wave? Uh, so you made the joke earlier, Tyler, but uh, you weren't wrong. Jeez. Um... Duncan would toss his bag uh, and his like Mr. Bang and basically anything metal he had on him. It would just be a like off. I feel like his his cape would go because it's probably got clasps and shit on the Mm -hmm. front of him and his shirt would go with it. So Duncan's just going full pirate. It's just hat, pants uh, and his rapier, which is made of bone. So for the first time, that's been a nice bonus for him. Uh, But all the other stuff is going. Oh, Uh, but all this other shit is going into the cabin. He just doesn't want to have any metal on him, near him, any of that shit. Cool. Uh, and actually, weirdly, I think it would be pretty well insulated because your cape would be so fucking wet at this point that it's just like a nice soggy bag for it. So, yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, at the same time, we're all wet and it's electricity. So not the best, but we're sure. doing what we can. Yep. Um, Maka will uh, pop shillelagh uh, and um, symbiotic spores. So he's got uh, a good chunk of temporary hit points. He beefs up. Um, and basically takes a, a battle stance. Um, he, uh, he'll say to uh, everyone, he'll just say it out loud, uh, loudly over like the roar of the wind and rain and everything. Um, uh, we can stand and fight, or I can tap into some abilities to aid our escape. Mm. Well, let's do that second thing. I don't want to fight the sky. Yes, good. Mm. Uh I would like to cast a spell, but I understand if I've kind of already done too much. No, no, no. Um, let me, yeah, let me know what it is, and I will tell you what, what is and isn't possible. It's uh, a fourth level spell. Mm-hmm. It's called Control Water. Um, it's concentration up to 10 minutes. Uh, the range is 300 feet, and I can basically, uh, until the spell ends, I control any freestanding water inside an area that I choose uh, that is a cube up to 100 feet on a side. So 100, for 100 feet, uh, 100 feet of ocean. Yeah, stretch, yeah, 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 yeah. I can control that water. There are awesome. like four ways to basically control it. The one I would like to do is um, redirect flow um, and just have the ocean current start to just careen 100 oh, feet. Oh yeah, yeah, away. I love it. 
Okay, cool. okay. No, absolutely. Yeah, you've got a. This is basically a free round um, because you blasted uh, the creature into the water. It actually can't get out of that. It electrified everything, but like it, it doesn't have a corporeal form, so it can't like crawl up onto the boat and punch you. Mm. Um, so you have a free round as as the the creatures are, are closing in. So that's absolutely something you can cast. Um, yeah, love it. So uh, what does that look like for for Maka? Uh, I think it is uh, a big. Um, kind of like water bending gesture where I think both of his arms just kind of like come way, way out to the side and they kind of shake as the water underneath the ship surges. And you can actually see out in front of us for as far as you can in these kinds of conditions that the um, the waves seem to like stop only in front of our ship. Mm. Like it just becomes calm water. And then there's like a surging of water behind us and we begin to basically like an airport conveyor belt just yeah. surge forward. Nice. In this cool. lane of water that I am exerting my will on. Love that. All right, cool. Um, great. Uh, Ida and Gwendolyn, is there anything you'd want to do as this begins to happen? I think... Um, um, yes. I think I think Ida would actually advise Gwendolyn on this. Um, mm -hmm. And Gwendolyn's like pulled herself back together <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Also, I feel like you know, like Duncan can like Buddha, uh, like it's one of those things where basically her armor's just rattling around on the bottom of the boat now. And I feel like everyone is just kind of in very much an opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with baby Groot running around. It's like everyone's just doing what they can to help Gwendolyn get closer yeah. uh, together. So there's a lot of like casual shuffling. And I'm sure like Maka carefully passes a thing over when he can. And yeah, so Gwendolyn is not like you're not up and around, but you're, you're no, that's you know, fair. screwing your arms back on. <laughs> I think uh, Ida would advise Gwendolyn um, to basically throw her Ellis blade up in the air to hopefully um, kind of act as like a lightning rod and take the initial, at least the, the initial, initial blow of lightning. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, would Gwendolyn do that? Um, yeah, she doesn't know what to do. She's going to trust the weird math lady. Okay. Gwendolyn throws the blade aloft. <laughs> um, amazing. So you throw the blade up in the air. Maka sweeps his arms forward. Uh, Duncan, I assume you grab the till and yeah, the, yeah. The tiller Duncan and are just like strips his clothes off majestically. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking it's a Bruce Almighty like full yeah. body. Uh, yeah, and then he's just at the till, ready. Amazing. Um, so the um, there's a, a, a flash as uh, the first of these creatures um, kind of uh, erupt from the sky. Um, and uh, as they uh, they do strike uh, the yellow blade being like a nice shiny piece of metal. Mm -hmm. um, as they do so, um, you hear an agonized scream uh, that seems to echo within your heads uh, rather than in the, the liminal space around you. Um, before suddenly the, the wave hits the back of the ship and blasts it forward. Um, the blade um, flies back, uh, Gwendolyn, into your hand, um, smoking. And uh, weirdly, the, uh, for the first time since, since you, you've beheld it, um, the, uh, the blade itself is, is rough. It's, uh, it looks um, fried, uh, pitted, blackened um and uh it uh it looks like an ancient fucking sword now <laughs> gwendolyn just like her head does that quick snap towards ida she's like <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> uh at which point um more of the lightning creatures begin to uh plummet from the sky 
Um, this is going to be a bit like one of those video game sequences where you have to like slalom around things that are trying to hit you and kill you. <laughs> um, so Maka, you're pushing everyone forward. Um, Gwendolyn, uh, you managed to buy yourselves a free round of this. Um, you hear uh, the sound of a horn um, echoing out over the water, uh, like a classic kind of fog horn um, or alpine log ride horn, depending on, you know, your frame of reference. Um so you hear uh, just uh, like a horn um, uh, sort of across the water. Uh, you suspect that uh, it's responding to Maka's uh, thunder wave, um, that there, there is a something out there has responded. Um, you, however, do not see the telltale uh, light you would hope to see from a, from a lighthouse, uh, but you do hear a sound. Um, Duncan, you're driving, you're at the tiller. Um, it's up to you to try and dodge slalom these things. Hmm. Um, Ida, if you can roll me a, we, do we have a stat for you for like a math check? Oh, I'd actually take intellect. a droid analysis on this. Yeah, intellect sounds about right. Um, like, I should get off of Gwendolyn's character sheet and check. It's cool. You're running two characters. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly asking because I think based on the way we've been describing this sort of stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if she's like the GPS unit rerouting as Duncan. Yeah. Drives. Um, and Duncan, if you can get ready for some. So we've been using Arcana for like putting information yes. together from all of my knowledge. Let's, let's so do I... that, please. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. All right. Also, given just the nature of how you interact with math, it does feel like a very magical force. Yeah. So like... Totally. All right. Uh, that's a 23. Fantastic. Okay. So um, with that, um, you'll be able to give Duncan. Um, uh, advantage on his his first uh, his first check, Duncan. I think we're going to call this just a straight dexterity save. I don't think it's sleight of hand. I think this is literally just like full intuition, just jamming the tiller back and forth as hard as you can. Also, being aware that like Maka driving you means there's little you can do. This is literally like a, you can juke left or right, and that's mm. the best you can hope for kind of situation. So, Tom, I'm also, this is a weird rule that may apply here. I'm a matador, which means I can add half of my charisma modifier to deck saves against dangers I can see, including traps and spells. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would absolutely give this to you. Um, because, it, honestly, I think it's like you have to just kind of fall into that almost like zen fugue state of just like using what I would use to dodge a blade. I'm just going to jam left or right as hard as I fucking can every time I see a flash. Because literally, they're just like raining like thunderbolts now. Um, and uh, it's just a matter of not getting tagged. Yeah, he's using his combat gut to flip that coin on left mm -hmm. or right. Yep. Uh, it's a 23 for the first one. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, Ryan, describe what that looks like, please. Uh, I think... He's heading in one direction and then he cranks it to the like to the side in a faint and cranks it back at the last second and the lightning just pours down and strikes the water where they would have gone and he just goes, ha ha, the sky's got nothing on me. Well, <laughs> we will see if that holds true for the rest of this challenge wheel. But you have <laughs> successfully uh, passed the first one. Um, and yes, uh, Duncan, you raise a good point uh, that is worth acknowledging. Um, these are targeted strikes. These these are creatures plummeting from the sky in an attempt to hit the boat, not just like random lightning strikes, uh, which would be much harder to dodge because it's just like, hey, nature. Uh? Um, <laughs> great. Uh, all right. Round two. Um, uh, as you probably guessed, we're on a challenge wheel of five uh, with three being a success in either direction. Um, mm. Ita, you can attempt to help again, uh, but I'm going to give you disadvantage. Um, it, uh, it is harder and harder to make these calls. Yeah. 
Um, I think I'm just going to have to do, uh, I'll, mm. to be clear, you can make the same check. It's just a disadvantage. Do you know, I think I will. I think I will. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Uh, 19. Hey, all right. Great. Um, so, uh, Duncan, you will have advantage on your next, your next one. Duncan is careening away. That's an 18. Okay. Close. Um, the uh, You do manage to dodge this bolt. Uh, however, this time it, you do see it like scorch the side of the boat. Um, I think you do the feint again. Um, I mean, you're, you're a seasoned uh, duelist. You know that a feint often doesn't work twice. Uh, but your options are somewhat limited here. So um, as you do um, two come down at the same time, one of them scorches the side of the boat. Um, you can hear wood splinter and crack um, from the initial creature's attack. Uh, you're starting to sense that the structural integrity of this boat is rapidly declining, uh, particularly with the, the speed at which it's going. Uh, but you are nevertheless successful. Um, next up, uh, you know, this will be the last time you can help. And gonna... uh, the lightning is coming down faster and more furious. I'm going to try to do it. Disadvantage? Yes. <laughs> oh, one of them was a nat 20. The other was not. Uh, 14. 14, unfortunately, will not do. Uh, so, Duncan, you're on your own on this one. Um, the uh, lightning is coming stronger. Uh, you can see darkness uh, on the horizon. Uh, it would seem to be a, a, a landmass not too, too far from here. Go ahead. Well, I guess here. it's time to keep playing rock, paper, go fuck myself. Uh, and then he... <laughs> He, he's going to faint again. He's going for the third time in the right, hopes right, he can right. rope a <laughs> The lightning's like, surely he would, oh no, three times, fuck. Yeah, no, that's a 15. It didn't work. Dean, all right. Oh, um, no. The uh, lightning strikes the boat. Um, I need a uh, con save from all four of you, please. Uh, except Gwendolyn, who I believe is, no, you're out on the deck. Never mind. Yes, from yeah. all four of you. 12 from Ida, 16 from Gwendolyn. 17 for Duncan. Okay. Or for Maka. Four. Oh. Okay. And uh, Laura, who got the 12? Uh, Ida? Ida? Okay. Uh, Ida got it now. Yep. Yeah. The higher Whatever. one was Gwendolyn, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so the two of you who saved or who failed the save uh, will take 20 points of lightning damage. Uh, and I need an additional con save, please. From everybody or just the ones who failed? Just the ones affected. Okay. Oh, Tyler. Oh, six for Ida. <sighs> Nat one for, uh, for Maka. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jossie has abandoned yeah, you. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> Jossie hasn't abandoned him. Jossie is like calling the shots. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, uh, Maka and Ita, uh, you were both knocked unconscious. Oh, okay. Uh, by the water the resumes strike. its natural flow. Yeah, uh, it sure does, uh, which is real unfortunate given the speed at which you were going uh, because the boat is uh, launched forward uh, into a wave as the uh, standard uh, you know, flow of nature begins again. Um, Duncan, I need a, uh, I think this will just be a deck save again. Um, and okay. Gwendolyn, you're, you're conscious. So you get one too. Okay. Um, that said, I'm going to give you both disadvantage because you're tethered to each other, which is not great. 
uh, for trying to stabilize yourself as a boat tilts forward. Deck save. Yep, your favorite. Oh, there. Um, Ryan, you can use your matador on this though, because this is a threat you can see. It's one of those like the wall something comes up and it's like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Uh, eight. Seventeen for Duncan. Seventeen. Okay. Um, as the uh, boat crashes um, into the wave, uh, you, you feel it splinter and crack uh, as it lurches forward, um, throwing uh, Maka and Ita's unconscious bodies into mm. the water. Um, Duncan, uh, you stumble. You manage to secure yourself. Um, Gwendolyn goes over, but is still tied to you. Um, the boat is capsizing. It's still floating, but um, you can see it's starting to crack and, and splinter. Uh, and the lightning is is getting much closer. There is a benefit to this. Uh, Gwendolyn being in the water means that lightning can't hit her because she's underwater. So, you know, minor winds. Uh, but uh, you can also see the crackle of electricity in the water as these things begin to assault yeah. the water. Um, what do you do about Maka and Ida? I'm still on the boat. I'm tied to Gwendolyn, who's outside of the boat. Ida will just fucking drown. So I think he'd yell to Gwendolyn. He's like, you need to get Ida and carry her back here. And then he'll just look over this side and be like, Maka, you're a fucking turtle. Turtle. Turtle heart. Like, he's just going to hope Maka can fucking turtle enough to stay alive. Um, <laughs> or does he sink? I don't think Duncan can, thinks he can fucking save him. It's the real Well, problem. I mean, the good news, weirdly, the good news with this is, like, with the water being this upset, like he's just being kind of like tossed around like um like debris. He's not far from the boat. Like it's just the boat hit badly and, and flipped. Um you uh you see him start to uh start to move um a little bit because obviously getting like hit by water would do that. Um Gwendolyn, um you're able to grab Ida, you're not far from her, so you kind of sling an arm under her, um, and I think probably like reach for Maka as well and start to kind of like kick towards them. Um, Duncan, uh, can you roll me a, uh, let's go with a con, no, strength, uh, please, to try and get the boat back upright. Okay. Uh, athletics or just a straight strength? Oh, yeah, athletics would be just fine. Yeah, let's go with that. Cool. You know, it's that classic Olympic event, boat rightening. That's a six. He's not very strong. <laughs> I understand. Also, it's a bitch to try and flip a boat in the middle of a storm. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as you see Gwendolyn actually like performing remarkably well, um, dragging, uh, uh, the sort of unconscious bodies of Ida and Maka towards the boat. Maka is starting to kind of like groggily come to Ida seems just completely out. She's really not built for this kind of hit. Um, and as you kick wildly, you just push kind of with all your might, uh, against the, the lip of the boat. Um, but, uh, uh, unfortunately it's formed a seal now. So there's like, it's just really mm-hmm. put up a, a lot of fight. Um, and, uh, you know, you just, you feel your muscles tense. Um, but again, you're a duelist, you're built for, for agility, not like brute force. Um, and yet even in this, this moment of kind of tremendous danger, there is, uh, a little part of you that feels some degree of pride that of all the lessons Gwendolyn hasn't picked up, uh, taking care of those in need seems to actually be one of them as she kind of valiantly pulls uh, towards the boat. Um, She's not going to let her friends die. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, it's a low bar, but she, she crossed it. And honestly, her, being, that's a hero turn. Also uh, yeah. being a Royal of Orville, like, fuck yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so 
despite yourself, there's there's just the, the hint of a smile at the edge of your lip. Uh, also because you can't see um, as you, you struggle. Um, and that image uh, of her swimming toward you, uh, actually kind of rising to the occasion, uh, is the last thing you see before lightning strikes the boat, uh, explodes, and everything goes white. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V. Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.